You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. My famous annual challenge, Race to Recurring Revenue, is back. Not only will I show you the steps that me and my clients made to make consistent recurring revenue every month, but there'll also be a chance to win prizes from Dior and Chanel just for taking part. Over 50,000 people have been through this free challenge and so many have made money because of it. If you want to join, go to the link in the show notes now. Hey, and welcome to the podcast this week. I hope you've had an amazing week so far and weekend. We always need really good weekends as well so that we're refreshed for the week ahead. Today, I have a guest with me who is going to help us, especially those of us that have an influence over kids, whether they're our own kids or somebody else's children, to really help them with mindset and financial literacy. Because, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're in this world that we're in, we get help all the time with money mindset. We get help with understanding figures and profit and loss and all the different things, even things like mortgages and stuff people are constantly talking about online. If you are a child at the moment in the world that we are in right now, financial literacy is really, really thin on the ground. It's not something that's taught in schools right now. It's not something that's even taught as a, as a GCSE student when it comes to business. Even business doesn't really cover it very much. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation. I want you to welcome the expert in this, who is Leslie Thomas. She's a financial mindset strategist, and she works with adults and children on this. So welcome to the podcast. Hi there, Lisa. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, it's a conversation that we have in our household a lot. Obviously, we've got twin boys who are 11 years old. And we say all the time, like, they don't really understand the value of money. Now, when they were really young, they probably picked up that we had no money because when they wanted things, we couldn't we couldn't do what other kids, you know, their friends could do. And now that they're older... We have a lot more money than most of the people that they know. And so because of that, I think they have a, a bit of a weird experience with money. And, and their money. people always say to me, your kids must have no money mindset. I think they've probably got more than anyone because, um, you know, it's not just when you have no money that you have money mindset issues. It's when you have money as well. So often we'll talk about the value of money and how much things cost. And they won't really know the answers. They won't know what's a lot of money and what's not a lot of money. And we try and talk a lot about things like mortgages, about profit and loss, about spending and budgeting and the mindset around money, because it's something that's in our in our household. But most families really don't do this at all. And so, and I think it's really important. What have you seen, especially since the pandemic and the cost of living crisis we're having now, what have you seen have been the changes in the way kids are thinking about money? I think because the media is doing such a bad job with regards to A, educating people, but B, helping people to feel positive about what's going on in the economy, that's having a knock-on effect on the psyche of their parents, and therefore 
their own psyche as well. Comparison is something that we as adults, you know, we're quite familiar with. When children start realizing they are different in some way to their friends, either because they haven't got the right types of trainers, or maybe they have got the right types of trainers, but they know they have to make them last a lot longer than their friends have got to last, etc. then now they don't really know where to turn because all the messages they're getting are negative messages. And where I came from on this was, you know, my, my business was coaching female business owners, but I also coach in a school in Wiltshire. And it became very apparent to me that I was coaching people who had gone through a series of symptoms and challenges around money that started in their childhood. They didn't have the information they, they needed. They didn't have the confidence to ask the questions to help them get the information they needed. They went on to have children who, through curiosity, may have started to ask questions. The parents couldn't ask answer those questions, so those questions never got answered. So we were in an ever-decreasing circle of no one being able to provide the right answers at the right time. I don't believe this is just the school's responsibility. Financial literacy is something that we can start educating our children about from round about the age of two and a half or three by playing age-appropriate games, by talking about money in a way that is appropriate. That could be the shopping list. It could be when certain bills come in and just you know, talking to the children, this is the mortgage, this is the electricity bill, this is this, this is that, and start bringing them up to be able to ask you about money in an age-appropriate way. And I think where we are right now with inflation, Children don't understand what inflation is. 66% of students have no idea what inflation is. Wow. Many adults don't understand what inflation is. So as we know at the moment, although inflation is coming down, a lot of people make the assumption that means that prices are coming down. No, it <laughs> actually means prices aren't going up quite as much as they are but they're not in reverse, that's deflation. And actually deflation can be as dangerous as inflation. Yeah, this is so true. And actually, when, when you talk about uh, financial literacy in adults, over the past year or so, I have been educating online about what certain things mean. So recession is a, a really good example. I'm, I saw people talking who are, who are adults in the online business world, these were business owners, about the recession. And it became really obvious to me that they had no idea what a recession actually was or what it meant. The problem we've got is the media hypes up the negativity when it comes to a recession or cost of living crisis. Whenever anything changed, so we had a massive uh, drop. They thought inflation was going to be much higher than it was. And there was a, a news article that said, actually, it was forecast way too, way too high. And actually, it's good news. That never got talked about. It's only the bad things that got talked about. So I started trying to um, educate people on what things meant so that they could watch the news and realise what they were actually talking about, what they yeah. were watching. And it, it really struck me that if adults didn't know what a recession was, what inflation was, 
what and that a recession is completely different to a cost of living crisis they're two completely different things how could children possibly understand what's going on yeah and i think that that is the problem that if we as adults don't know or are confused and don't have the confidence to go and ask the question for fear of looking silly, for fear of not being who they thought they were in terms of the level of knowledge that they had. How can we then confident, confidently a, educate our children? But more importantly than that, and I genuinely believe this is more important, how can we empower them to go and ask the question? None of us are born knowing the answers, but actually we are all born, all babies have one thing in common. We are all born with confidence, but that confidence for all sorts of reasons is slowly eradicated for many people because of what happens to them throughout their childhood. But if we can instill in children, look, I really don't know the answer, but what we'll do, we'll find out together. Or I think I know what the answer is, but let's go and check it out because actually I might not know the full answer. And the more confidence we have to admit we don't know and to encourage our children to be curious, then as parents, we are saying to our children, you don't have to know it all. What you do have to do is to have the confidence to have the conversation. Find out because that's all we can do. And it's so funny because we do that about other areas of our lives, whether it's a health thing or or something like that. But when it comes to finances, where I think we feel we're expected to know everything. But if no one's taught us, how can we possibly know? Which is why I think it's really important that we also, the people that do understand it, you know, I've worked in finance. So I, I think it's important. I think it's almost a duty that I educate on it in a cost of living crisis like there is right now. Yeah. How do you think mindset has a part to play? I know we talk about mindset in adults all the time. I believe that most of our mindset issues come from when we're five or below. Um, so how can we ensure that our kids have a good money mindset as well as financial literacy? Absolutely, because I I genuinely think the two things have got to be combined, because if they're not combined, it doesn't matter what information that you have, if you do not have the belief in what you can do with that information, then it is essentially wasted information. It's a little bit like reading the theory book and taking the theory test for your driving test, but never going on to actually get in the car and take the lessons because you believe you're never gonna pass that test. And through the work that I have done with children, and I've taken them through a number of different uh, questions. So questions and answers with regards to what's going on for them with regards to their mindset around money. And what has really shocked me, these children are aged around between 11 and 16, and the number of children who have answered the question, do you believe you will be financially successful? And they've answered that question, no. No, they do How not. How can they think that at that age? They haven't even started. Exactly. And I find I have found that to be one of my biggest drivers because again, the media talks about the TikTok influencers and the YouTube influencers and children going on to say, well, I don't need to work at school because I'm going to be a TikTok influencer and make millions. Well, actually, 
there's far more children who believe they're never going to be successful, not because the information isn't out there, because the information is out there. It's because they have this limiting belief or set of limiting beliefs that success is not for them. So there's very little point in providing the information in the first place. I genuinely believe the mindset piece has to come first and then the provision of the information. Because when you're empowered to believe it is possible for you, then you will stop at nothing in finding out the information to make it possible for you. It's so interesting, isn't it? So like with my boys, they've been brought up the same, but as you know, like it doesn't matter if you've been brought up exactly the same, you can have different things that impact you, different experiences. And as twins, one believes 100% he's going to be a multimillionaire. He, there is nothing in him that tells him he will not or cannot. And he therefore goes out and educates himself on investing, on, on all the things, all the ways that he is going to be able to do that. One of my twins doesn't believe he's going to make any money, is already worried about how you do things like mortgages and has already taken it upon himself to uh, tell Finian that he's going to be living with him um, for the rest of his life um, because Finian will have the money. But I always think, how have both of you come to these places and how can I instill a confidence in Albert that actually he can make just as much money as Finian, they're both the same kind of, uh, when it comes to education, you know, academia, they're both the same, they're both in the top sets of things, and yet one believes he won't be able to do as well. And I think it is a case of gently nudging them in the right direction. So for Finian, he doesn't need that. You know, he he is self-motivated, he has that self-belief. For Alps, it is the case of you having to help him seek the evidence prove to himself. Now, I'm a really good example of this because when I was younger, I would always limit myself. You know, I would always say, I'm only going to do two A-levels. And my mum said, no, you're not. You can do three. I'm only ever going to go to college. No, you're not. You're going to go to university. So it was constantly drip fed to me that whatever I was setting out to do, my mother would always set the bar higher. She got it right. But it took me a while to catch her that I wasn't just going to do the average things. I was going to do the above average things. And I think eventually when that message is reinforced, you are better than you think you are. You are better than you think you are. You are better than you think you are. Then eventually you go, oh, hang on. I keep being told I'm better than I think I am. So maybe I actually am. So I think without you're going to have exactly that. He's going to suddenly go, well, actually, yeah, I've just proved I'm really good at this. I've just proved I can do that really well. Or maybe I've got it wrong. Yeah. Some of this is financial literacy because he has decided that if you are academic, you make money. He's the what he thinks of as the creative one. He's the charmer. He's the performer. And he's decided that those things aren't the things that make money. And yet, I'm constantly saying to him, look, actors, like who are the most, the people that are paid the most in the world? They're they're not the people in academia. They're all the other people. And it's going to be funny watching him realise that. Like showing him. Exactly. What's really interesting is I almost have the opposite with my two boys, where my 17-year-old is basically saying, 
I don't need to do well at my A-levels because you look at all the successful people, they didn't do particularly well at school. So I know I'm going to do brilliantly anyway. Whereas my partner, my now 15-year-old, is like Finian, wanting to go and look at all the ways he can be entrepreneurial. How can he make money? He believes the route to that is great GCSEs, great A-levels, and on to university. Whereas my 17-year-old is looking for the evidence to suit him that I don't have to be academic. He is academic, but lazy. So he's looking for all the lazy examples of how can I be successful without having to do the hard work, basically. And actually both are right, because whatever you look for, you'll prove yourself right. So if you decide that you're not going to be able to do something, you you, you won't because you'll prove, you'll prove yourself right. That's what our brains do. And if we believe that we can make multi-millions, we prove ourselves right too. And so it's trying to get them to believe the right things all the time so that they're on a better path. But yeah. I think that one of the issues that we maybe have, and I think that's more compounded in the UK is that we tell kids that it's not good to talk about money at all. Like let's not talk about money. It's vulgar to talk about money. Don't ask your friends where they went on holiday and how much it cost. Don't ask, you know, how much your house was like my, when we moved into this house, Albert said to somebody, somebody said, Oh my God, this amazing house. I'd love to be able to afford a house like this. And Albert went, well, it costs two million, just completely normally. So if you've got two million, then you can have a house like this. Because to him, money didn't mean there was no shame on money or or bragging on money or anything. It was just money. And if you have this much money, you can buy a house like this. And I spoke to him afterwards and said, isn't it interesting how you don't mind talking about money like that? And there's lots of kids that will have been told never to talk about money. Yeah. And I think that it makes a difference. Like if you talk about money in a really natural, normal way, just like we talk about how old we are and those yeah. kind of things, if we talk about money in that sense, it doesn't become an issue. People won't, kids won't mind asking questions about it. Exactly. And they will be curious about it. And I think that's what we want for all our children is to be curious, but also just like using the car analogy again, you know, just like when you know children are in a car before they can, you know, before they can learn to drive, they'll say, you know, what's that gear stick? What's it for? What are those two sticks on the side of the steering wheel? Just as we would say to them, well, the gear stick helps you to go faster and the engine, the engine to be more efficient, then we should be normalizing the whole conversation around money because if it is an unfamiliar topic to them then again they will not have the confidence to be curious about it if they can't ask the questions then they'll start to think well if I can't ask about that what else can't I ask about and then what happens they grow up into younger adults. They make mistakes with money, you know, getting into debt, getting a credit card, missing payments, etc. They're then really hard on themselves for making those mistakes. But if a child jumps into a car, a teenager jumps into a car without having a driving lesson, we know what's going to happen. There's yeah. going to be an accident. 
How can we expect children, young adults, to understand the rudiments about money if we as parents have not answered those questions? Yeah, and won't even talk about it because it's exactly. in some way and won't even explain how much things cost. How, that when kids say, I hear kids all the time say, oh, mum, how much did this holiday cost? And they go, we're not talking about that. And it's like, why not? Just answer their question. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I, I tell my children, you know, what we spend, you know, on everything. So they have the appreciation and so they also know that if they want to have the same when they are older they have to think about how they are going to do that and having those conversations you know around budgeting saving setting goals they are the three primary things as parents we can be doing from round about the age of five or six with children and if they are brought up with those three principles that will set them up for life that will allow them to ask the age appropriate questions to be curious and to be confident about how they can seek the answers and how they can utilize that information and to be interested I think it's really important that kids are interested in budgeting and interested in money. When mine were about eight, I gave them £100 each to invest and I showed them how to use the stock market, how to use eToro and, and all of that. And that there are certain companies like Apple and Bitcoin. I taught them about that. And they're just, they're not making any money. You know, they're playing with it. They're every now and again, they'll take something away from, from one company to put into something else because they like the name of it. And that's, it doesn't matter that they don't understand lots of what they're doing. They're interested. Has Have I made more money this week or has it gone down? Um, and I'll say, you know, well, it said in the news that uh, utility prices are going up so what do you think that means that you should do with your money on the stock market and we have those conversations and i think that it doesn't matter if they get things right or wrong it's about them playing with the money to see what happens with it and that and kind of teaching them that it can you can lose it as much as you can make it yeah and seeing the fun side to it as well because again another interesting fact 75 percent of 18 year olds do not know what a share is now, that to me is shocking. You know, if Finn and Al, my children, know what the stock market is, what shares are, etc., yes, they may not be able to necessarily utilise that information fully at that age. But if we give them a protective environment in which to play, then that is going to set them up so well, so much more quickly than it set me up. Because and the majority of us, we've had to learn that, you know, when we're much, much older and therefore we've had to make our money work much, much harder. If you can learn that message a lot younger, start investing a lot younger, be wise to the power of investing for longer, then that again is going to ensure that we're giving our children the best gift we can give them, financial security, the freedom to make decisions and to be able to empower their future far more than the majority of children and adults who never had that opportunity. I think that's so right. If there is somebody listening with kids going, actually, we need to sort this out. uh, My kids are are not really into money. There is no financial literacy and their mindset isn't quite there. Where is the best place for them to come and find you so that they can get help? 
Absolutely. Well, I've developed an online program. So it's a self-paced online program for teenagers, but I've designed it in such a way that adults can learn alongside their teenagers or independently if they want to. So they can both be curious together. And if they go to my website, themoneyconfidenceacademy.com, all the details, all my connection details are there as well. So that's the easiest place to go to my website. Brilliant. We'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you for being here with us today and for helping us understand more about how we can help others um, with their financial literacy and their mindset. And thank you guys for listening in. As always, I will see you next week with another episode of Making Money Online. And until then, have an amazing week. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.